Hare Krishna. And happy Nrsinga Chaturdashi to everyone. Um, I will begin uh, today by singing that um, song Prabhupada gave us to glorify uh, Lord Nrsinga Dev. So it goes like this. <clears throat> Namaste Narasinghaya Pralada Lada Daine Iranya Kashipur Vakshaha Shilatanka Nakalaye Ito Narasingha Parato Narasingha Yato yato yamita to nursinga. Bahir nursingo rudaye nursingo. Nursinga madi. Sharanam prapaje. Tavakara kamalavare na kamaduta singam. Dalita iranya kashiputa nubringam. Keshava Dritta Narahari Rupa Jaya Jagadishare Jaya Jagadishare Jaya Jagadishare So, uh, thank you all for showing up here. <clears throat> I'm going to speak on two topics, which are, of course, related. One is Lord Nursinga Dev, because it's Nursinga's Chatur to see. The other is uh, the fact that I took sannyas on this day, 47 short years ago. Uh, of course, Narasinga or Nursinga means literally man-lion. And uh, <clears throat> Chatur Dashi is uh, the 14th Lunar day, Chatur Dasha means 14 in Sanskrit. And uh, Chatur Dashi is the feminine word meaning 14th and refers to the 14th Titi, which is a lunar day. So Lord Nasinga appeared on the 14th lunar day of the lunar month. So this song we sing, Namaste Narasinghaya, which means uh, I bow unto the man lion. Literally, I'll give you a very literal translation, and of course, we know what it means or should know. So, uh, Namaste Narasinghaya, I bow to you, the man lion. Prahlada Lada Daine. This is a poetic, uh, I guess, in music they would call it a riff. Um, it's a poetic repetition. Uh, Prahlad's name, Lada, Lada in Sanskrit means bliss, bliss or pleasure, Lada. Therefore, uh, Krishna's pleasure potency is called Ladini, Shakti. So Prahlad means great bliss or, yes, very intense spiritual pleasure. So the first line is uh, Namaste Narasinghaya. Uh, I bow to you, man lion, and prahlada ahlada daine, and to you who gave 
bliss to the blissful prahlad. So that's literally what it means. Unto you gave bliss to the blissful prahlad. Hiranyakashipur vakshashila tankanakalaye. And uh, of course, the first line is Namaste Nadasinghaya. The next three lines are all in what is called in Sanskrit the dative case, unto. So the Namaste I bow unto you is understood to apply to all the uh, to the next three verses as well. I bow to you, the man lion. I bow to you, Pralada Lada Daine, unto the giver of bliss, to blissful Pralad. And then I bow unto you, who Hiranyakashi uh, Por Vaksha. Vaksha means chest. Hiranyakashi Por Vaksha Shila Tankanakalaye. Unto you, uh, whose nails, whose beautiful nails, Nakali, Nakali uh, means nails, but sort of beautiful nails, and uh, Tanka, Tanka means a chisel. Unto your, I bow unto you who have chisel nails, like a chisel, but you see. Um, uh, which chiseled the shila, the stone of Hiranyakashipu's chest. So the word shila, of course, as in Shalagram shila or Govardhan shila, in Iskand it's common to say shila, which is not really the word. That means something else in Sanskrit. The Sanskrit word is actually shila. So Hiranyakashipur vaksha shila, the stone chest of Hiranyakashipur, Tankanakalaye, uh, unto you who have these beautiful nails were like a chisel on the chest of Hiranyakashipur, Hiranyakashipur. So then the next line is Ito Nursinga. Here is Nursinga. Parato Nursinga. The idea, the, the next uh, two lines are going to emphasize the uh, <clears throat> all pervasiveness, the omnipresence. Of Lord Nusinga Dave, if you have a protector, but the protector just doesn't show up or the protector isn't present when you're in danger, it doesn't work. For example, you, you live in a city where there are police, but if you are being attacked and the police aren't there or you call them and they don't come, then it, that won't help you. So therefore, because Lord Narasinga is our protector, this verse is emphasizing that there's absolutely no possibility that he will not show up. There's no possibility that he will not be there when you need him. That's the point. So, ito nursinga, here is nursinga. Parato nursinga, there is nursinga. Yito yito yami, wherever I go, wherever I go, tato nursinga, there is nursinga. It's very beautiful, very reassuring. Ito nursinga, parato nursinga, yato yato yami, tato nursinga. And then finally, bahir nursinga, outside is nursinga. Hridaye, in my heart, is nursinga. Bahir nursinga, hridaye nursinga. And finally, nursinga madin sharanam prapadye. You know the word Adi as in Adi Purusha. So, uh, Prapadye means I surrender to 
or I approach Nrsingham, uh, who is Adin Shadanam, the original shelter, the first shelter. In other words, when we are in trouble, that is the first shelter. That is the person you want to go to first. Nrsingham Adin Shadanam Prabhadye. I surrender to, I approach devotionally. Uh, the first shelter singa who is outside and within my heart, who is wherever I go, who is here and who is there. So that's this beautiful song Prabhupada gave us. Then, of course, the uh, verse from Jayadev Goswami's Gita Govinda, Tava Kara Kamala. Tava means your, something which belongs to you. So Tava Kara Kamala, Vare. Nakam Adbhuta Singham. So there is a Nakam, a nail, which is Adbhuta Singham. Adbhuta means amazing, which has an amazing point. This amazingly nails, which have these amazingly sharp points. On the excellent hands, uh, on the excellent lotus hands, on your excellent lotus hands, so the first word is your, tabakara, your hands. Kara in Sanskrit, literally, it means the doer. And because your hands do everything, therefore the hand is called the doer. <clears throat> so tabakara kamala, your hand lotus, literally, or as we would say, your lotus hand. Tabakara kamala vare, in that lotus hand, which is vara, which is excellent, which is uh, like the best of hands. Tavakara Kamala Vare Nakam, a nail. There are nails which are Bhuta Singham, wonderfully pointed. Dalita Hiranyakashipu Tanu Bringam. And it is those hands which tore apart. Uh, Dalita means tore apart, which uh, tore apart Hiranyakashipu, uh, the body, Tanu, the body of Hiranyakashipu, Bringam, which which was like that of a wasp. In other words, uh, if uh, for a normal human being, of course, please don't do this, but if you tear apart an insect, it doesn't, it's not a difficult thing. So so the Lord tore apart Hiranyakashipu, his body, Hiranyakashipu's powerful body, as if it was the body of a small insect. Dalita Hiranyakashipu, Tanavringam, Keshava Jitta. Uh, Keshava, you have assumed Narahari Rupa, the man-lion form, therefore Jaya Jagadisha Hare, a Jai uh, Lord of the Universe Hari. So this is, of course, the very famous story of Lord Narasimhadev, and um, it's also really the story of Prahlad, because if you read the story in the seventh canto of the Bhagavatam, most of the story is actually about Prahlad. And then at the end, Lord Narsingha dramatically comes and saves Prahlad and kills the demon. So Prahlad is a very big part of the story. In fact, in the Bhagavatam, as I said, he's the, uh, just in terms of number of verses, so much is about him. And then, of course, his famous request after the Lord killed uh, his so-called father, uh, Prahlad, was granted a wish and he requested that his father be saved. So it's it's not only a story about the Lord protecting his devotees and 
uh, destroying those who would do evil in the world. It's also a story of forgiveness and compassion. And that's another very important part of this story. So I'm going to say a few words on how and why and where I took Sinyas 47 years ago. Um, I was a Grihasta. I was married in uh, Boston, I think in January, January of 1971. And a picture of my wedding, my wife and myself appeared on the front page of the Boston Globe, the famous newspaper. <clears throat> and uh, then I was sent to um, help open Iskon's temple in New Orleans, which I did for a few months. And then uh, my GBC, Satsurupa, who was a Grihasta then, like me, um, he asked me to go to Gainesville, Florida to be the, really the first temple president there. And then after six months in Gainesville, um, I became temple president in Houston. As far as why I took sannyas, um, simple answer is because it was the right ashram for me. The best ashram for everyone is just the one that's most natural for that person. So it had always been my greatest desire uh, to go around the world and preach. That's what really inspired me in life. And uh, so by Krishna's mercy, as I always say, I had an excellent wife so that I would never lament that I was uh, not happy in Griesta life because I didn't have a good wife or the right wife. I, I had an excellent wife. And therefore, it, it was clear to me that it, it just wasn't the right ashram for me personally. So um, I was in Los Angeles, basically in distress because I was so unhappy in my situation. I was in president of Houston, the temple was going nicely and everything was in a sense going well, but um, I was unhappy about, because I guess because I wanted to preach around the world. And so um, I first asked Prabhupada for sannyas. And I mean, the first idea that I could even be a sannyas actually started as a joke. What happened was Prabhupada had sent a letter out. Uh, this was, by the way, this was May, 1972. And so perhaps at the end of April, I don't know the exact date, but around then, roughly about that time, Prabhupada sent a letter out to the GBC in which he uh, admonished them. He, he said that the GBC leaders were not in the front lines preaching, that that's what a GBC should be doing. He said, GBC is not simply to manage. He said, you don't simply sit behind your desk and manage what he called the eating and sleeping. By that, Prabhupada meant managing to make sure the bills are paid uh, and, you know, just the basic management. Because in a Hare Krishna community, um, we do have to take care of our material bodies. I mean, we have to make sure the lights stay on, that um, the rent or the mortgage is paid, that uh, someone is offering the boga, which means there has to be money, and 
uh, cooking and, and it's, it's, there's so many things. It's, it's really running a, a very, very large, you could say, household or community and that has to be managed. And so Prabhupada criticized the GBC were tending to simply manage to make sure the bills were paid and all the basic activities of the temple were going on rather than as GBC being in the front line personally, dynamically spreading the movement. So Prabhupada said, therefore, he, 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 uh, he was inviting all the GBC to come to Los Angeles and take sannyas. This was a very radical proposal. He said that any GBC that wanted to take sannyas and just focus on preaching could come to Los Angeles and take sannyas. In those days, sannyas was a very big thing in ISKCON because there were, uh, there, were hardly, there, there were hardly any sannyasis. Prabhupada had given sannyas to four devotees, uh, Vishnajana, Brahmananda, Gargamuni, and Subal, but then they had the difficulty and were temporarily uh, out of ISKCON, and of course they came back. And so they were certainly, they did a lot of service, but because of that incident, which is described in detail in the Prabhupada Lilamrita, um, and then there was Kirtananda, Kirtananda, the first sannyasi, but he had also had difficulties. And so the sannyasa ashram was not, how should I put it? The image of sannyasa in Khan was not the, the greatest because and then, and then I think at that point, um, and then Trivikram, Trivikrama took sannyas, and then Tamal Krishna took sannyas. Around, um, I think probably I think the end of seventy one or maybe early seventy two, Tamal Krishna's sannyas was significant because he was the first Grihastha to take sannyas. And when I read the news about it, that really got me thinking. I was because I, I had no idea Grihastha could take sannyas. But in any case, so there were, so when Prabhupada said he's going to give sannyas to any GBC that wanted it, it was very big news. It was a very big thing in this conference. And um, so four GBCs accepted the offer. They were uh, Bali Mardan, who was president of New York, Rupanuga, who was also a GBC, um, I forget exactly what his zone was at that time somewhere in the Eastern United States. Um, Satsurupa, no, actually three GBCs. I was the fourth. Three GBCs uh, accepted Prabhupada's offer. So in the Los Angeles temple, everyone was buzzing about that. Everybody was talking about that. And one time I was on the lawn, there used to be a lawn, in front of the Los Angeles temple, talking just a bunch of friends of mine. I think Jayatirtha was there, just, you know, people, my generation, we were all talking. And then someone said that, um, oh, Ridananda should take sannyas. And, and when he said that, everyone started laughing. It was actually meant as a joke. <laughs> so the reason it was meant as a joke is because I was always seen with my wife. Uh, I had a very good wife, and uh, she uh, liked to be in my company. And I had no objection because I thought she was a very good devotee. So I was happy to be in her company. And uh, so we were all seen together all the time. 
And uh, so everyone assumed I was a very attached householder. So someone said, yeah, Friedan Andes should take Sinyas also. Um, that was a joke and everyone laughed. I didn't laugh, I just started thinking. And then, um, but then immediately after, after everybody laughed, someone said, well, actually, maybe, maybe it's not such a joke because you know, he's a good preacher and all that. But uh, at that point, it already entered my mind that I really wanted to take sannyas. And uh, it just became a, a conviction that I should do this. So I had heard that, um, that I, I knew that I couldn't take sannyas. It was very likely I could not take sannyas unless my wife agreed. I had a friend, um, Janame Jaya, who at that point was president of Atlanta. He's my age, we were, you know, we were friends. And so he asked Prabhupada for sannyas, but his wife objected. And so Prabhupada refused to give him sannyas. So I, for a few days actually, all day, I, I just, my wife and I had these heart to heart talks. And uh, anyway, to her credit and, 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 and earning my eternal gratitude, um, she agreed. So I think it's very important that um, to acknowledge uh, how much credit she deserves for, and Prabhupada even said, when Prabhupada, when I asked Prabhupada for sannyas, Prabhupada said to her, Ananga Manjari, said to her, um, so what, what do you think? And she said, I just want to be Krishna conscious. In other words, she agreed. And uh, Prabhupada said, you are already Krishna conscious. So uh she was 18 at the time i mean to understand like how could i do that in those days um we actually had no idea and, and i really mean this no idea that we could live outside of a Hare christian temple i mean even just the idea of living outside of a temple was inconceivable so as far as we understood, for the rest of our lives, we would live in temples and go on St. Kirtan every day. And it's just a question, do you live in a temple as a Grihasta or do you live in a temple as a single person? That was the only difference in our minds. We were, I mean, my wife was 18, I was 23. And as uh, science has now shown, uh, people at that age, their brains are many, many years away from developing fully. So, anyway, but I knew I, I had to do this, so um, so that's actually how I, I took sannyas uh, 47 years ago, uh, along with Rubanuga, Balimardan, and Sasarupa. That was in Los Angeles, in New Dwarka. And uh, the devotee said, told me you have to make a danda, so they they told me that there's a place where we can get bamboo to make a danda. So they took me to my high school, actually, which was not far from the temple. So I got the bamboo for my first danda from my high school, which I thought was really ironic and symbolic in some way. And uh, so after I took sannyas, I had been temple president in Houston. And um, so I went into Prabhupada's room after, after the ceremony later that day. 
and Prowl and I, Satsuroop also went with me, we were old friends. And uh, so Prabhupada said, so what are you gonna do? The idea being that, okay, I've given you this big position, now what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with this position I've given you? Are you just gonna sit around and, you know, he didn't say that, but that was the idea, what are you gonna do? So at that point, uh, during that time uh, of the sannyas initiations, the GBC, many GBC, or I think most of the GBC had come to Los Angeles because it was a big event, and so all the GBC came. And so in those days, in 1972, there was no annual GBC meeting in Mayapur. There was no Mayapur festival. There was no ISKCON Mayapur. So there was no annual meeting. Just whenever Prabhupada wanted the GBC, he would call for them and they would come. Or on this occasion, because Prabhupada was in LA and a very important event was taking place, three GBCs were taking sannyas, so the GBCs came and they took advantage to have a meeting at that time. And at that meeting, they sort of rearranged the GBC zone. So for example, uh, Bhagavan, uh, but then GBC of the central part of the United States uh, was went to Europe to open up Southern Europe, Spain, Portugal, Italy, France, and also Switzerland. So he took over the European zone. And among other things, the GBC, and then once, once that was decided, Bhagavan, uh, who was eager to open his zone, he convinced the GBC that I should be sent to Spain to open up the first ISKCON center in Spain. So when I went to see Prabhupada, he said, so what are you gonna do now that you're a sannyas, sannyasi? And I said, the GVC uh, wants me to go to Spain. And then Prabhupada said to me, first get books, of course in Spanish. He said, first get books, then go. And then he told me, when I came to your country, even as I was getting off the boat, as I was just walking down from the boat, I." had no idea whether I should turn left or right. I had no idea what to do. But he said, I was not worried because I brought my books. My confidence was that I had my books. And he said, I brought 600 of those old Bhagavatams. It was, it was uh, three volumes of the first canto and he brought 200 of each volume. So he, had, he brought 600 books. He said, so just like my confidence in, in coming to your country was that I brought my book. So first get our books in Spanish and then go to Spain. Anyway, uh, Bhagavan uh, uh, told me, don't worry about the books, just go. And so um, <laughs> I guess I had direct instruction to Prabhupada, but I, I didn't go to Spain. Also around that time we were walking just like, you know, just that, you know, maybe the next day or the day after that, we were walking, we were walking on the beach with Prabhupada, Venice Beach, and uh, Vishnu Jana asked Prabhupada what he said, someone had told him that, uh, no, this is maybe not Vishnu Jana. Anyway, Vishnu Jana asked one of these questions. There were two questions, I forget which one he asked, but uh, someone had heard that the danda was somehow an incarnation of a deity. So when a sannyasi travels, he could offer boga to the danda. <laughs> so Prabhupada thought, what? You know, that, that is not true. So Prabhupada was kind of 
could hardly believe that question. And then another question was, should a sannyasi travel at deities? Which, of course, has become very popular now, but Prabhupada said no. He says, not necessary, Lord Chaitanya never traveled with deities. I remember that question also. So those are the circumstances of my taking sannyas. Oh, and then another very important thing, most important, is that Prabhupada said to me that day, I took sannyas, when I was in his room, he said, just as Lord Narsingha protected Prahlad, uh, he will also protect you. So that was a uh, an extraordinary, extraordinary and valuable blessing. That Lord Narsingha will protect you as he protected Prahlad. Of course, I'm very grateful to Prabhupada, Lord Narsingha Dev, Krishna, uh, for this opportunity. And um, it's there's something uh, meaningful about taking sannyas on this day because Prabhupada explains in various purports that the real point of sannyas is courage, that one has to believe, first of all, that I will be happy without ordinary family life, that I will be happy in Krishna consciousness. And also that as I, because of, of course, this now sounds a little almost funny because in, in ancient times or even in, say, traditional times in India, a sannyas uh, would just uh, depend on Krishna, wouldn't uh, really, wouldn't have a house. In those days, people didn't really have money so much. People had land and houses and sannyasis didn't own land and houses. And so uh, they just had to depend on Krishna. Householder, householders are responsible to develop a family economy. They have to take care of each other. They have to take care of their children. Whereas a sannyasi uh, is supposed to preach. And so one has to have the courage that Krishna will maintain me. And of course, Krishna has very generously maintained me. And, um, and also one has to have the courage that as one travels, that things will work out because when you have a home, then, uh, you know, you know where you're going to lay your head that night. Everything is arranged for you. Whereas, I mean, you make arrangements. I live here and, and uh, you have a kitchen and, and uh, you have an income and you have a settled life, which of course is absolutely necessary. You know, it's necessary for a family, family, has to have a settled life so one can raise one's children. Whereas sannyasi goes here and there, so one has to believe that Krishna will protect me. And so taking sannyas on Lord Narsingha's day is uh, very fitting because um, to be a sannyasi, one has to uh, believe that Krishna will take care of me. Of course, I can sort of hear the laughter in the background. I mean, something inside of me is kind of laughing because as we know, sannyasis often get donations and there's an image of, you know, the sannyasis, sannyasi gurus uh, as actually, you know, having, <laughs> having the money in this fund. So uh, that is a curious development. I mean, I mean, it's not true in all cases. And I mean, fortunately my own income doesn't come from ISKCON, so 
So at least I have that satisfaction. But um, so in a sense, uh, I mean, one could say, well, sannyasis, they have more financial security than many householders, which is ironic, I have to admit. And um, of course, Prabhupada, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not blaming Prabhupada, certainly, but the Prabhupada was the founder of Charya, and he received many, many, sorry, I'm just, uh, for some reason, my throat talking too much, so throat pill. Um, Prabhupada actually received many donations, and, and Prabhupada definitely had more funds at his disposal than anyone else in ISKCON. And of course, thank God he did, because he was obviously by far the wisest. And uh, Krishna had did a lot of important things through him. So just, just to mention this, it, it is an interesting, I would say a challenge for ISKCON. We have Prabhupada's examples of founder Acharya of receiving many large donations and many small donations and, and really uh, functioning like, and of course there was BBT, which Prabhupada managed, it wasn't his name, but, but it was directly under his control. And, and, and back in those days, BBT was like the bank of ISKCON. And so really Prabhupada personally managed a very large percentage of, of the, uh, let's say, of the, the money assets of ISKCON, which were not simply being used for daily management. Obviously, every temple, every project had to pay its monthly bills. And so Prabhupada didn't get involved in that, of course. But in terms of what you could call discretionary funds, in other words, money which is not already committed to pay rent, to pay a mortgage, just to pay the boga bill for the deity worship, money where there's some discretion. So a huge percentage of, of the discretionary funds in this con were under Prabhupada's direct management. And so you could say they were in the name of it. Anyway, so, so how, to me, it's a very interesting challenge for ISKCON. How do we, and, and the GBC is talking about this, how do we, in a sense, preserve a more traditional uh, sannyas in the sense that sannyasis are not the bankers of the Hare Krishna movement? <laughs> and yet, uh, what about the fact that people naturally give donations to sannyasis? And so there are some obvious things to be done, but, but it, it is something, I think it's a cultural question which has to be addressed in which I, I know several GBCs are, and in general the GBC is concerned with, so it's just an interesting point. But still, I think despite the sort of unusual way that uh, money is distributed in the Hare Krishna movement, um, there still is a real sense in which a sannyasi has to have that courage. For one thing, one has to believe that um, that I'll be happy without a wife. One has to, and, and of course, you not only have to believe it, you actually have to be happy. Of course, uh, to be happy without family life, uh, there has to be a higher taste. And so if a sannyasi doesn't have a higher taste, isn't really advancing spiritually, it, uh, it may become a very lonely life and people you know look for solutions to loneliness 
So in order to be a sannyasi and not be lonely, um, one has to really be with Krishna because, because Krishna is the life of the party and there's no way you can be lonely when you're with Krishna. So if someone is feeling lonely, it just means they're not paying attention uh, to the Maha Mantra enough. So if we chant, of course, I don't mean to say that anyone that chants good job will leave their family. I don't want to give that impression. I should say that um, because even in family life, one can feel lonely if there's not really a good relationship, as we know. And that's why not only sannyasis fall down, but also there's a problem with adultery or people leaving their spouse. And so these problems, which are real problems, uh, come from not really being with Krishna. I would say even to be a good grihasta, there are some cases where let's say two people marry and they're really made for each other. It's just an incredibly good match. And they really are best friends and they're really, they can go their whole life being very happy with each other. And that's a very beautiful thing which doesn't happen all the time, as we know. So in order to, I would say, in order not to be lonely, either as a sannyasi or as a grihasta, or as a brahmacharya or brahmacharini. In other words, for everyone, for all of us, in order not to be lonely, and because when someone feels lonely, if it gets too intense, then you can seek really stupid solutions to the loneliness and ruin your life. So in order to avoid that loneliness, uh, even in family life or in sannyas life or in brahmacharya or brahmacharini life, we have to be approaching Krishna. The word for approach, the word for surrender, the, the word most often used is prapadyate, which literally means to approach. So I Prabhupada said, if you approach the sun, you get hotter and hotter. So in our spiritual practice, we have to be approaching Krishna. Even if we stay in a plat at a plateau, even if your Krishna consciousness is kind of like, yeah, I'm sort of Krishna conscious, I'm sort of following the principles, and um, life goes on. It, it gets kind of boring. It gets boring because the taste is advancing. Advancing, there's this, I saw this great bumper sticker which is a reference to those dog teams like up in Alaska or in the Yukon in Alaska and Canada. They have these sleds because, you know, everything is snow and ice. You can't, you can't bring a regular vehicle. So they have these sleds with dogs pulling them. So I saw a bumper sticker that said, if, you're, if you are not the lead dog, the scenery never changes. So even if, you're, if, if we are devotees, if we're not advancing, then every day is pretty much like the day before. And uh, so we get restless, we get impatient, or we are not satisfied in our relationships. Because, because if we're not advancing spiritually, then you, we just won't be happy, which means we won't be happy in our relationships. And so, um, in order to avoid all these troubles in any order of life, we have to be advancing Krishna consciousness. We have to be literally approaching Krishna. What does surrender mean? It means we are coming closer and closer to Krishna. 
and therefore we're feeling more and more happiness. We are satisfied. We have to be satisfied in our own spiritual progress in order to be satisfied in our relationships. Because that's what a healthy relationship is between friends, between husband and wife. That because I'm satisfied in my own life, I'm just, I love what's happening in my spiritual life. Therefore, I can be generous, I can be tolerant, I can be forgiving because my happiness is coming from Krishna. So really, uh, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, cha uh, chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, 6, 5 and 6, 6, that only you can elevate yourself, only you can degrade yourself. Only you are your own friend, only you are your own enemy. So what that means is that uh, if you take your spiritual life seriously, and if you are advancing spiritually, you will have the self-satisfaction to be generous and forgiving in your relationships with others. And if by Krishna's arrangement, one does not have a quote unquote partner, then um, you will, in other words, if someone wants to get married, that's fine. If you can find a good person to marry, marry the person if it's appropriate. But let's say that doesn't happen. Let's say one doesn't find an appropriate person or one is stuck with an inappropriate, whatever. Then um, if we are advancing spiritually, our heart will be filled with love and happiness. And so if we feel lonely, if we feel unsatisfied in some way in our life, we should use that as turn that negative into a positive that fact that I'm not satisfied or I'm lonely or just not satisfied with my life, let that be an impetus that I have to approach Krishna. And that's what real intelligence is. Fools cannot be happy because they always do stupid things. But real intelligence means that, okay, I'm not happy and my mind tells me I'm not happy because of this and that and something else. But my higher intelligence tells me I'm not happy because I'm not Krishna conscious. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't make a reasonable effort to satisfy your desires. For example, you know, have nice prasadam, or if you're inclined to get married, and if there's an appropriate person, then get married. So we're not talking about artificial renunciation. I'm saying that after all of your best appropriate efforts, not doing crazy things, but after all of your appropriate, reasonable efforts, if you are not satisfied with your life, then the solution is to advance in Krishna consciousness. And if we think anything else, it is simply Maya who's dictating to us. So Krishna is giving us advice and Maya is giving us advice and the, and what, decides our life. What decides the kind of life you will have is who you listen to. Do you listen to Krishna or do you listen to Maya, who is uh, starring in your life as your material mind? Maya appears in your life in the form of the mundane mind. 
So in that sense, all of us have to have courage. All of us have to take shelter, Lord Nursingadev. And Prabhupada used to use the term Grihasta Sanyasi. He used to use that term until he found there weren't many uh, clients. But anyway, he did use that at a time. So I, I don't mean that householders have to live exactly like sannyasis, but it doesn't matter whatever kind of body we have, man, woman, Grihasta Sanyasi or Brahmachari, Brahmacharini. Of course, there are specific duties for different uh, stages of life but still still at a deeper level all of us have to take shelter of krishna in exactly the same way and if not uh a sannyasi will not be able to powerfully execute sannyas dharma a householder will have will struggle to be faithful uh, brahmacharis brahmacharinis will have their own problems and so in bhana process so all of us are in the same boat in a sense all of us have to approach krishna have to get the higher taste if we are really going to have a good life. That's true for all of us in our different situations. So in that spirit, we can take shelter of Lord Nursingadev, ask him to protect us from foolishness and, of course, from external danger. That's why it said, Nursingadev is outside, which means he protects us from external danger, and her day is in the heart, so he protects us from internal danger. So anyway, those are some observations today. I wish everyone a happy Nrsinga Chaturdashi. Thank you all very much for listening. And uh, may Lord Nrsinga Dave protect us all. Hare Krishna.